Welcome to the OK Productive Podcast, where we talk about basic principles and practices for personal productivity. You can find us at okproductive.com, wherever you listen to your podcasts. And you can also follow us on social media on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at OK Productive. All right, Leo. So recently, you have been presenting and writing about podcasting. And I figured we could complete the trifecta by doing a podcast episode and getting a little bit into the weeds. This will be a little bit more specific than we're used to talking about, but I thought it'd be a nice change of pace to actually get into what we've learned about and some of the things that you've been talking about at your presentation and on your uh, recent blog article, which we'll totally include in the show notes, by the way. Yes, which by the time we post this episode, I'll have the video of my presentation yesterday and the blog post. So yeah, a little inside baseball today as far as how the show works and how we try to stay productive. We could talk a bit about how these episodes work and how we've figured out how to kind of create a workflow when it comes to our production. Quick question before we start digging in. Absolutely. First, I wanted to try and understand a little bit of your motivation for taking that step back and presenting about and writing about podcasting, and now getting very meta and making a podcast episode about podcasting. Well, I think like a lot of our audience are people who make things. And I think that in the process of create, being a creator of any type, I think it's helpful to people to just know how one particular project is broken down. We've talked about like having people on the podcast to talk about, we have software developers, obviously we've had that. But I think like having people who are in the business of like doing video or in this case, today we're talking about creating podcasts. I think there's something to be had or something to be learned for people who are writers or software developers or video producers or anything like that. There's a lot more similarity, I think, than people are willing to admit or usually realize, I guess. Does that make sense? Yeah, the way I'm hearing it is that instead of taking a holistic view at a slice of our lives or like general productivity, there are specific things that creators are producing. And by talking about where we have grown and what we're doing in podcasting, people might be able to draw some conclusions and make comparisons about the other types of media or work that they're producing and improve upon that. Yeah, and hopefully as we go through this, I can emphasize certain things that I find particularly apt for multiple modes of creation, so to speak. One more question before we start getting into the specifics. Would you mind describing at a really high level the overall process that we go through for publishing one episode of the podcast? We typically have like a list of topics. We've talked about this on previous episodes where you kind of like you have an idea that comes out of nowhere and we kind of sort of borrowing from the GTD model by David Allen. We're kind of taking those ideas and putting it in some sort of Google Doc, right? And then the other thing is occasionally we'll meet somebody who, uh, like our previous guests, um, Will and Christian, for instance, who have like some sort of knack when it comes to productivity that I think we really feel like we want to share with our audience. So we kind of have like a bucket list more or less of ideas or topics or perhaps even guests that we want to have on the show to specifically talk about a topic. We schedule recordings every 
Thursday, more or less. Right. So even though we publish every other week because life happens, vacations, sickness, appointments, all sorts of stuff. So we always make sure we have like a healthy buffer of episodes. I won't tell people when we recorded this, but as far as the audience is concerned, this is the middle of July, but I can tell you it's not the middle of July when we're recording this episode. So what we do is then we take that specific idea and we flush it out. We kind of have an intro three points conclusion format to our episodes and we create like pre-show notes. We take the pre-show notes. If we have a guest, we'll share that with the guest so they can take a look at the questions that are going to be asked, record the episode. Either we edit it or we have somebody else edit the episode. And then we take that edit. We create video clips to share on social media. And then we post the edited episode along with show notes and any metadata. And usually we publish those on Sunday mornings every other week. I think that pretty much runs it down. And then, you know, you obviously do some post show social media plugging as well, but that's more or less kind of the workflow of each episode. Right on. Thanks. And so when would you uh, consider, or when would you recommend someone create their own podcast? There's a couple of things. I think you both, you need three things, audience, motivation, and purpose, I think is the way I would put it. The biggest thing is if you're going to start a show, make sure you have some sort of purpose or reason for doing it. So I think that you need an expertise in the subject matter, a clear purpose, and a clear motivation. Those are the three things. And what I mean by purpose is like you need to have something you're going to gain out of this. And each of those three, like it's kind of a triangle, you know, as long as you have a lot of either one of those three, usually it'll make up for a loss of the other two. So typically like people start podcasts as a hobby and that's fine. Um, but you know, like every hobby, it's not going to be the highest priority in your life. You could have a purpose like selling yourself or selling a product. And that certainly will help, but it'll only get you so far. So you need at least some motivation. You need to enjoy it as well. And then, like I said, you need to have expertise in a podcast. I would almost say like that's that's a base requirement for any podcast is to have some sort of expertise you're bringing to it. But of course, you can make that up if you're really enthusiastic, willing to learn and make that learning as part of the process of producing the podcast that can make up for it. So I think those are like the three components is like a purpose, a motivation and an expertise and some combination of those three, because I think a lot of people think that doing a podcast is easy and it can be, but like, if you aren't putting a lot into it and you don't expect, then you shouldn't expect a lot out of it. But then if you do put a lot into it, it's going to take a while before you're even going to be able to build an audience. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I think I could compare it to a lot of other hobbies too, where even if you're just doing it for fun, uh, writing or making some kind of a craft, it's still work. And there are going to be supplies that you might want to buy. And over time you might get, more and more or higher, higher quality items to do those sorts of things. But it's still going to take time, energy, and probably money. Right, exactly. And I think when you first start off, don't invest a lot of money in equipment and stuff like that. Like, I would wait until you're maybe like a few episodes in before you do that. 
and then you know get take the next step and then take the next step as you as you move up uh within your experience and you're willing to make that commitment i think later on in this episode we'll get into some of the specifics of how affordable um, it can get with software and hardware as well yep all right, moving on. In the days before we record, which you mentioned that we tend to record every week, just one episode every week, what is our process for preparing for that recording look like? We have our bucket list of ideas that we'll kind of go through or some particular challenge that we've faced recently, either one of us or both of us, or the other thing is like a guest, like I said, and we will start like a Google Doc of pre-show notes and we can maybe show some. I'll share notes of our episode we did on, or two episodes we did on Atomic Habits. The other thing I also want to mention is sometimes we'll look at like online different productivity forums and places where people who are interested in productivity gather and we'll look and see what challenges people face. And that's also helped us a lot in finding ideas for topics. And then we'll use that to kind of formulate a whole episode around an idea. Sometimes and occasionally we've done like these top 10 lists or top three lists because there's always like new apps that we want to talk about. And it's usually a good time to do that. But we tend to have a Google Doc and the Google Doc will have like when we're recording, when we're posting the episode number, maybe an idea of what the episode summary would look like. And then we break it down, like we said, into like an intro and three points and then a conclusion as well. And then we'll try to intersperse maybe some casual conversation and perhaps like things to note, like, oh, don't forget to mention this or don't forget to mention a particular event or link or app or something like that that we want to talk about as well, because we can sometimes squeeze those in. So one thing I want to mention when it comes to productivity is the importance of getting into a habit of constantly being ready for every episode every Thursday and having that consistent schedule. I think that's been super helpful to us. I don't know about you, but having that habit has gotten us into a rhythm of recording on an every on a regular basis. And also, we're building a decent buffer of episodes. Um, that's been helpful as well. And the other thing I want to mention is just talking about like breaking down a topic. There's a few ways we do it. We either can do it in like using the five W's of who, what, where, why, how, or uh, we create some sort of chronological narrative, which is kind of what we're doing today with just going step-by-step on a podcast episode production, or maybe like an essay format where we have like some thesis statement, so to speak, and then we have the three points supporting it, and then we kind of circle back at the end of an episode on a particular topic. So those are like a few ways that I've found have been helpful in the pre-production of an episode. Yeah. And having all of that in mind makes it easier to actually just put the answers, the content that you want down instead of trying to take a more um, written approach where you just do a big brain dump and then you reorganize all of the information. We kind of start with some structure and then fill in the bits. We've learned in our like earlier episodes where we really did barely any notes how we can get lost in the weeds and sometimes get lost in our reign of thought. And while that does happen, like at least we have these notes as like anchor points to discussions or things we want to specifically talk about. Yeah. Something else that resonated with me that you had mentioned was uh, this 
going back to uh, the audience motivation and purpose, you mentioned that we research what our audience wants to know. So just because you have experience or expertise doesn't mean that you should just be recording and sharing uh, like your own echo chamber and what you know. You also want to be considerate of that whole triangle and be able to serve different audiences, talk about different topics that may not be the things that you want to talk about, but your audience is more interested in hearing about. And that goes a long way. Yeah, I agree. I think like just having your own echo chamber isn't super helpful because it's almost like you're throwing darts at a dartboard if you want to get your audience. Like you want to, if you want to know what your audience's pain points are, it's best to look online for that. All right. Can we start talking about hardware and software? Yeah, the fun stuff. Yeah. So what kind of a setup do you have? Okay, so for when we I first started off, I was just using, I used to have the Adobe Creative Cloud, but I recently canceled that, and I was using Audition and editing myself. I don't edit myself anymore. We've hired that out. So now I actually have switched over to GarageBand, which is completely free on Mac OS and works fantastically. As far as recording equipment, I started off with a gaming headset, and then I've upgraded in recent... I want to say like maybe like five episodes into this ATR uh, 2100, which is absolutely awesome. And there's a kit on Amazon that comes with the microphone and a stand. I can hook up to my standing desk and then a pop filter. And that's what I've been using for now. And that's worked really well. And then we use Skype for our calls, but we record separately. Yeah. Even when we have a guest on. Yeah. Even uh, we encourage our guests to record themselves because Skype audio quality is not that great. And I don't know when we switched over to recording our own tracks, but that would have been, gosh, episode 10 or 8 or something when you switched over, and that's that's been a big help. Yeah, that was probably the biggest improvement to our overall audio quality that I can remember. And thanks for recommending that. <laughs> um, so I am still using a gaming headset, and if anyone wants to know, it looks like it's the EarForce PX22 by Turtle Beach. I think it's okay, but recently I've been a little bit hypersensitive about the quality of my audio on our finished podcast, so maybe it's time for me to do a little bit of an upgrade. I will send you a link. It will also be in my blog post to the ATR 2100. It's fantastic. It has a little clamp to my standing desk, pop filter. It works awesome. And then I've mentioned in uh, previous episodes, I'm a bit of a fan of open source software. So for recording, uh, even though I have a Mac and the free GarageBand is available to me, I use Audacity. And it is really, really simple. It just, I mean, it saves my settings. So all I have to do is open and press the record button. All right. So you used to uh, edit the episodes yourself. And I thought you did a really, really good job. So what are some of the lessons that you learned by doing the editing yourself? One of the lessons I learned is trying to be really good about making easily editable mistakes if I do make mistakes, but also trying to remove filler words from when I talk. So that's been a big part of that recording process is kind of like, okay, if I cough, then make sure that it's easily editable when I cough, if I do do that. Also, just like removing... Filler words. I did Toastmasters for a few years, so that's been somewhat helpful, but not as helpful as you'd think because a lot of 
podcasting is much more long form than I'm typically used to when it comes to a presentation. So those are probably a few things I've learned. And then just being good about making things easily editable when I record my voice. Yeah, I think um, I will second that. If you're going to cough or sneeze or something, take pause before and after. Don't try and keep talking through it because you're just going to ruin your audio quality. Also, um, I haven't taken Toastmasters or anything like that, so I guess I will apologize for all of the ums and uhs and heavy breathing that you're having to edit out when you were doing that. There's a lot of, um, I don't know if we'll edit this out, but there's a lot of, like a lot of inhales and exhales that we do when we talk that I have to edit those out. So you find a lot of patterns, but you're also kind of used to them and you start to like see what they look like. So that's kind of helpful. Yeah. And then uh, thinking back also, I recall that this took a significant amount of your time. Yep. And so for anyone who is considering doing their own editing, which is the cheaper but more time consuming approach, just be mindful that it takes a dedicated amount of time. Yep. It was the first thing that like when my time became more and more constrained that I was willing to uh, outsource specifically because like it's so time consuming and like the gains I get by having somebody professional doing it outweighs the cost essentially because like it takes me so much time to do it. Yeah. And so now we have someone editing many of our episodes, Julian Borelli. I'm Sorry if I'm pronouncing that incorrectly, but hi, Julian. Julian, feel free to edit your name in. Yeah, (laughs) I really appreciate that. I'm also going to apologize for all of the uh, potentially unnecessary editing that I am offering because of all of the uh, heavy breathing and ums and uhs and tisks and tuhs and whatever I'm throwing in there. So one thing, like from a productivity perspective, a lot of people want to do everything themselves. And this is something I've learned from uh, there's a book I read JFS by Amy Howe and uh, it's specifically about like building software. But one of the things she talks about in that is like, if we're going to prepare a Thanksgiving dinner, like, yeah, you could like do everything from absolute scratch, but in the end, like it's okay to like, if you're doing a Thanksgiving dinner to like buy already like cut potatoes that are ready to turn into like, is your, is your client or your guest going to really like notice the difference? And I think maybe at some point, if it's like what you do and it's your specialty, you know, yes, you should edit your own podcast. You should make your own. Have you ever made like ketchup? No. Do you know how much, like how much of a mess it is to make your own ketchup? It's just not worth it. Or like, uh, the other thing is like cereal or crackers. You ever make your own cereal or crackers? It's like, okay, you did all this work for like a small little cup of cereal or, or crackers, little things like that, that are just like a pain in the long run to continue to make all the time. It's okay to buy stuff from the store. So just from a productivity perspective, really consider like your gains from doing everything yourself. And going back, I think it's a great to when you're first starting off to like do a lot of this yourself and do it on a very shoestring budget. But at some point it is totally worth outsourcing some of what you do to someone else because buy something off the store or buy like a piece of software that does something for you as opposed to like you know, software developers do this all the time where they want to write their own piece of code to do everything. It's okay to spend a, some, a few bucks on a piece of software that makes it easier for you. Yeah, and I think I'll, instead of asking, I'll just add that 
I think by going through this process ourselves and you doing the editing, it also set us up to expect the sorts of things that someone else would need if they were to do the editing. So the transition from you editing to Julian editing was really simple. And correct me if I'm wrong, but it seemed like the conversations to start handing off audio to Julian were pretty short. And then they just rolled with it. Yeah, because I knew, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but I knew some of the ins and outs of how audio works. So like we can easily communicate on that stuff. Yeah. All right. So what other sorts of media and content do we put together for each episode? You create a episode image and you use Canva for that. And that's been working really well. I actually used Canva yesterday for something and it was awesome. And then we also create videos for each episode as well. Well, we have a video for the whole episode that's automated through our podcasting provider transistor. But then we have uh, like the 30 second clips we share on social media that I create using a script for that. Speaking of writing your own script to do everything. So like a programming script that I use to create that. What else do we use? I'm trying to remember. Those are the main components besides the post show notes, which are posted on our website. Those clips are something that Julian provides to us. Yeah, he provides the audio clips. I convert the audio clips into videos. Yes, thank you. Yep. And then I think that's it. Images. We go back and take the notes that we use to prepare the episode. And while we're recording, we add a little bit of detail to them. But then when we actually publish the episodes, I will clean those up and format them so that they're they're nice and then fit some of the length requirements for the places that we publish our episodes. We're looking, I actually looking at transcripts as a possibility in the future. We might do that at some point. I don't know, but yeah, that's, that's pretty much the guts of, of what we provide media wise with each episode. Yeah. And captioning is taken care of automatically by YouTube, right? Yeah. YouTube captioning is not great, but (laughs) it's, it's okay. Okay. All right. So when everything is edited and ready to go, where does our audio images and notes end up? Where does the MP3 file or whatever go? When we have Julian gives us an MP3 file of each episode as it's done, we then upload that to Transistor, which is our podcasting host. And then we supply typically like a title and maybe some keywords you do a lot of the post show notes for OK Productive. And you also do the social media stuff. You use Buffer for that. So you'll post to Instagram and Facebook and Twitter at OK Productive. You post the audio clips. You also have a social media schedule that Eric manages. And I'm trying to think what else. That's about it. Notes go, notes go to Transistor along with the MP3 file. Video clips go to Buffer. And maybe going back to the whole point about productivity, I think one of the things we found is having having this stuff documented. I think we talked about this with Will and maybe Christian, but what we found is it's important to have the stuff documented, this like workflow, even if it's just the two of us and we pretty much know how to do it verbatim. I think it's a good practice. And especially like if we outsource this, like we did with audio editing, we can do that pretty easily with no problems. And so we've kind of created a workflow. You have like a social media schedule that you follow and you can pretty much plug that in to buffer pretty easily manually. And 
I think that's that's been super helpful. If there's any productivity tip when it comes to the stuff is creating documentation. If it's even just you, documentation on a step-by-step process that you follow on a regular basis. Yeah, and so you mentioned that for stitching together the show clips, the audio clips with a still image to add like a preview of an upcoming episode. That's a command that we have to run. That is something that we have documented so that either one of us can do that. Yep. And like the script that I use to convert the audio clips into videos, that's on GitHub. And I will post that in the notes as well. So yeah, it's all it's all scripted out, even though it's the two of us. Yep. And I'm gonna sprinkle in a little bit of information about our social media as well. So similarly we do have a, a schedule for posting to social media. When creating the images, I also have documentation for the sizes of images that we create because it seems like every single platform has a slightly different size that they expect. Yep. So everybody is 69 except for Instagram, who's 1 1 as far as yep. the ratios are concerned. So 69 is like your typical HD ratio, like a 1080p type thing. And we do 720. We post 720 videos for our audio clips, which is the resolution, just a little biz talk. So what is that? 1280 by 720. We post to pretty much everywhere except Instagram because Instagram does a square, which is one one ratio. And that's typically a 720 by 720 image or video. Instagram does support uh, wide images, although I've had a little bit of an issue with the buffer and Instagram integration. So that's why we stick to squares. It just is very consistently working that way. They support wide. See, like I know when I pull up an app, I never see an image that's wide. Or if I do see an image that's wide, it's typically like cropped or uh, letterboxed. So maybe like if you use the app, it does that for you automatically as opposed to like buffer, which doesn't do that automatically. Right. So maybe that's probably what's going on. Yep. And then um, you had recommended that we create a spreadsheet where we write down all of the social copy, all of the text that goes in the social media posts. And that was a great recommendation because sometimes you will type out a well-thought-out or one of us will type out a well-thought-out message for a social media post. We will hit Q and then something will just go terribly wrong and we'll lose it. So typing it out in a spreadsheet first so that we can always copy it and paste it back into Buffer if something goes wrong has been really invaluable. It also gives us some ideas for if we want to share an older episode, we have a sense of what kind of things we've talked about. And um, like we can sprinkle some of that or just change the wording up or revisit some some things that we've shared. All right. What about the process for building some hype for an upcoming episode? What does that look like? You've mentioned that we have these preview clips Yep. So we have the preview clips. You ask questions on social media, typically about a specific subject we're talking about. That usually is helpful in drumming up interest and also helping build the content of an episode. Those are the main ways that we drum up interest. And then there are some other places that we'll share things too. Product Hunt is the one that jumps to mind. Yes. So that's a good spot to be able to share episodes of podcasts. All right, so I'm going to start winding things down. So we're going to get out of the weeds now and start talking about a little bit about what we've learned. Or specifically, I want to ask, what have you learned by taking the step back to 
talk about in a presentation about podcasting and then writing an article about changes we've made to the podcast and how they've made it easier for us over the years. So one thing is like going back to creating documentation almost by doing this presentation, I've actually created documentation for the production of an episode, uh, including this episode here itself. But also I have learned some like productivity tips that have been helpful. Like I said, creating a habit, uh, going back to our stuff about atomic habits, we started off creating short episodes and then we've slowly been able to create a habit of like building more robust content, I think. And that habit of recording every Thursday has helped us keep a rhythm. I would also say that learning, having the ability to let go of every little thing when creating your show has been super helpful as well. Outsourcing or editing and just uh, being able to do that. The other thing is documentation, creating documentation, like I said, really is helpful in both understanding the process, uh, but also making it easier to outsource uh, components of that production process. What have you learned in the process? Writing everything down is something that I've played around with on other projects, but very inconsistently and not in a whole lot of detail. So now that we've taken the time to do that, I'm a lot more confident and have seen over two years of nearly two years of recording that we have pretty consistent quality. We make fewer mistakes. And if ever I can't remember because we skip a week or something like that, or I go on vacation and my mind is just totally out of the context of recording and making images and stuff, I always have that to go back on. And I know that it's going to be exactly right. I don't have to imagine and do my best guess of what I was doing before I left off. Um, so that has been huge. Yeah, it is kind of healthy to step back after a while and kind of look at what you've done. But having that like documentation and that standard workflow and habit written down, I think is super helpful in the long run. Yeah, and it just kind of takes our minds off of all of those minutiae, those little details. Um, I've also seen that just by sticking to that habit, I've gotten better and better and faster and faster, all of those like routines. So even though the process has been the same for some of them, I've just gotten faster because I'm doing them regularly. And that's the other thing is like, we had this question when I did the presentation, was that like, how long does it take? And I would say when you're first starting off to get like an episode going, it could take you as much as like three hours, not counting editing. And then now it's taking us like maybe like an hour to get an episode ready or maybe an hour to get an episode posted. No, I wouldn't say that. I think it would take an hour total to get an episode up and running. Whereas before, like it could take, it could take quite a while to get an episode ready and posted. And I also think that like our production has gotten a lot better uh, as well. So with any habit, like once it gets wrote in your brain, it's much more easier to produce each episode better. And then I'm going to mention that uh, spreadsheet about social media copy as well. So another thing that that gives me is the opportunity to put things in there, even when I'm not putting my head down and trying to think of specific things to say about our episodes. So, you know, if I just have an idea while I'm walking down the street or going to a meeting or something like that, 
I can go there and put it in there quickly instead of having to worry about getting into buffer, queuing it up, and then making sure that it's scheduled correctly. Yeah, I agree. So if you were to do this again, and I think maybe we should in another year or two, do you have any ideas of what you would expect to be different about our process? Not really the process. I do think that like, quote unquote, upgrading certain equipment and certain especially the audio, like that could always be better. I think that trying to think what other components, like our social media could obviously be more robust. All that stuff, it's just about spending more time and money on making the show. And I think, you know, maybe we'll get to that point, but also what's our return on that investment at some point? Once you've added all that stuff, it can kind of create an inertia with the show that I don't necessarily want to add to it, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Because once you've added all these components in, then it becomes more difficult when everything is integrated to change easily on the spot. And I kind of like how things can kind of be a little bit more loose right now, especially as we're just starting off rather than having everything so tied down. And so, so wrote and scripted out um, in every way. Gotcha. All right. Well, that's all the questions that I had. Do you have anything else that you wanted to add before we close out? I think we've pretty much covered like kind of the process of building an episode, process of creating a show, and how what productivity tips we've pretty much learned in that process. All right. Well, if anyone's listening and you have specific questions or you want to know more details than we shared, I really like getting into the weeds and sharing some of these little tricks that we've learned over the years. And hopefully we can save people some of the same mistakes or prevent them from spending as much time as we have on learning some of these things the hard way. So if you have questions or you want to know any details, please reach out to us. I'll go ahead and close things up. Thanks for listening to the OK Productive podcast. You're listening to Leo Dion and Eric Gillespie. You can find us at okproductive.com and wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also find us on social media at Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at OK Productive. Thanks for listening. Thank you.